Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Mayor Eric Adams. Mr. Mayor, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Hey, Sid, how are you? Uh, you know, happy, reflective Dr. King Day. Uh, the uh, Sunday on my uh, morning radio show, I had the opportunity to sit down and speak with Dr. Clarence B. Jones. Uh, he was a legal counsel, strategic advisor, and speechwriter for Dr. King. You know, Vanity Fair called him the man who kept King's secrets. You know, he's now with an organization called Spill the Honey, a foundation uh, dedicated to black-Jewish relationships. And it's just an amazing man. He's over 90 also, and I really enjoyed my conversation with him. Well, that sounds great. I mean, look, you're African-American, but... You get along with everybody. You certainly care about the Jewish people. I can attest to that as a Jew myself. This is such a lame question, Eric. I know it is, but it's obligatory, and everybody is going to ask you this today, so I hate doing it, but I almost have to. And that is, ready for this? How would Dr. Mm -hmm. King feel today about where we are with race and blah, blah, blah? So let me get it out there so I make everybody happy. Mr. Mayor, how would Dr. King feel today? Well, I, I don't think uh, that is a, a blame question. I, I think that no different than, you know, uh, as we celebrate other days, you know, uh, Thanksgiving, we say, what are you giving thanks for? You know, Christmas time, uh, what is your reflection on, uh, you know, uh, Jesus Christ? So I think that question is actually a good question because it it makes us reflect and it makes us pause for a moment and don't take the holiday or the acknowledgement as just a day off and sort of re, you know, bring it back and say, okay, where are we right now? So I, I see it a different way, and I'm glad you asked that. I think it would be troubled uh, by what we're seeing. Um, we're seeing a global shift of human beings that are leaving uh, their, uh, their homes because of climate conditions, because of wars, because of violence. Uh, I think he would be uh, really troubled by... Uh, the brutal attack um, that 100 yesterday was 100 years, 100 days has passed by and hostages are still not released. Uh, so I think that he would look at the globe and see that we have made some great strides, and we should be clear on that because just as we acknowledge the troubling spots, we have to acknowledge the strides, and we've made some great strides here in the city and across the entire globe. Uh, but the dream is not realized. Uh, we need to actualize that dream that he talked he talked about. And I think we can closer. Um, you know, you look at just the interaction relationship that you know we have. Uh, if you go back during the time uh, Dr. King was together, that relationship was not so much in reality. Although Jewish community and African American community uh, fought side by side during the civil rights uh, uh, era. You know, even when you look at Sid in Mississippi, um, when uh, many young white uh, went to Mississippi uh, to fight against racism. 50% of them, over 50% of them were young Jewish students and young right. Jewish people, you know. And so I think we've made strides, but there's more strides to make. 
think that's a very, very fair statement and accurate. I mean, uh, just from a political standpoint, not race, just uh, Wednesday night at the uh, Hunt and Fish Club, there I was on stage. To my right was was a young lady, Jen Rajkumar, a Democrat. To my left was a very handsome mayor, also a Democrat. And here I am, a Trump-supporting Republican, right in the middle. So uh, clear, And we got along great, and we always get along great. So clearly, whether it's race or color, political preference, we can have that. But I would ask you this, Eric. I know your friends with Sharpton. I don't like him. Bad guy. All right? He just wants people's money. I don't like him. You like him? That's fine. Is there anybody in the black community today, and don't tell me Al, that 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 compares to King. Is there a Reverend Martin Luther King in the black community today that could explain to example black kids who are picking on you know uh, uh, Orthodox Jews all over Brooklyn? That's not the right thing to do. Well, I, I, you you say you know your your reason for liking or disliking uh, Reverend Sharpton. Uh, you know, I've been in intimate settings with Reverend Sharpton throughout the years, and you know, probably different from the personal. Uh, the public uh, persona that people show and how it's reported. And I know the depth of his concerns and how much uh, he is really true uh, to the movement. But there's there, there are many, many more that don't get the same notoriety or, or great orators like uh, Dr. King was that are doing it every day, uh, healing. You know, as I mentioned, uh, Dr. J- uh, Dr. Clarence Jones, you know, his organization – Spill the Honey Foundation is actually dedicated uh, uh, to that. Uh, how do you uh, re- really remind us of the long relationship that African American and Jewish uh, uh, people have had for so many years? And I think that's a mistake we made. We thought it was going to be an automatic continuation of an understanding <laughs> of that deep relationship when we did not nurture it. Any relationship, I don't care if it's a marriage, a partnership. You have to constantly nurture that, and that is what I'm calling for uh, in 2024, uh, that we need to nurture those relationships because you're right. To stand next to Jennifer Rajkumar, whose mother was born in a mud hut in India, uh, and then um, I'm standing to the right of you, uh, you know, my mom cleaned houses and um, what she did, and your powerful story that many people I don't think know. Uh, We are the American dream. And that room was filled with diversity also. Uh, you know, that was not possible years ago. We have to nurture these amazing relationships that we have and allow people to see them. And so what do we disagree? You know, that's what I love about our relationship. You know, you and I would sit down and talk about different uh, policies and, you know, what you believe in. But that's the beauty of America. We're not supposed to agree, you know, but we're not supposed to be disagreeable. right. Right, and, and, and I think that's what's great about this country. In other places, you can't disagree. <laughs> you know, no, they'll kill you. Yeah, they'll kill you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, listen. I mean, look. The, the the migrant issue, I call the illegal issue. You and I have disagreed quite a bit. I mean, I will say this. Okay, um, you didn't cause this. Joe Biden caused this. And you have been clear about. I guess clear when you blame the federal government, the national government. But here's why I'm going to admit I got upset with you a couple of weeks ago. You're out there, and you publicly support Joe Biden. Eric, I don't get it. You have said time and time again, the federal government, that's being nice. This is Biden, his open border, his policies. He undid everything Donald Trump did well. Do you know, Mr. Mayor, that in four years, four years, I did this show with Bernard. I never said the migrant word once, 
Not once when Donald Trump was president. Joe Biden screwed you. He screwed this city. Why are you so quick to support him in the next election? Don't support Trump. That's fine. But Biden, he's the guy that caused all this. Well, I I think that if you look um, at some of the court decisions that were lifted, you know, that were put in place around COVID, uh, you know, the Band-Aid, I would like to say, you know, we put we placed a Band-Aid on immigration reform under the uh, Trump years. He was able to limit access uh, to the country uh, because of COVID. And that was a Band-Aid. We need real immigration reform. And oh, wait, wait, wait. In all, hold on. In all fairness, COVID came the last six months, Eric, of Trump's presidency for three and a half years because of his uh, remain in Mexico policy and, quite frankly, being a tough guy. Unlike Biden, it wasn't COVID. That came the last six months of a four-year presidency. He had three different – he did have the COVID thing in place. You're right, Title 42. But Remain in Mexico kept these people out of here. That had nothing to do with COVID. And and we need to we need to look at, you know, those forms of how do you remain in place. And there was – there were – Examples of that, even under this administration. But see, what I'm what I'm saying is that those were band aids. People were sl- uh, sneaking in across the border at different uh, places. Of uh, you know, we can't have a band aid approach. Congress and the White House must come up with real immigration reform to address this issue. And and no matter who it is, I just cannot subscribe to what I think is anti-American dream. People coming to the country don't have the right to work. You know, if we're going to parole people in, because people often talk about the illegals, no, we're paroling them in. If we parole people into the country as asylum seekers, we need to expedite it faster, we need to give them the right to work, and we need to have a decompression strategy that it does not impact just local cities and municipalities. 